Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 11th of uh, July, 2022. I said it right. I know I did. Cognizant of it now. Now I can't not think about it. I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. Welcome to the program. Uh, you can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com or uh, through social media. Whatnot. Social media is... Le- if you try to contact me through Facebook... Uh, I just, I don't check the messages on Facebook. I can't accept all the friend requests because they have a stupid max on the friends. And it feels douchey to, like, convert my personal page into a fan page. So, I just, I make every, if you're not my friend on Facebook, it's nothing personal. But you're literally missing nothing. I only really just occasionally post pictures, but I mostly just post my columns. And that's about it. I've kind of lost interest. And in, I like stalk some people on like catch up with friends and whatnot that I don't really necessarily want to call, but want to see how they're doing. So I'm like, oh, all right, let's take a look at this one. Oh, all right, good. They're good. Okay, moving on. But I just I don't really use Facebook all that much, so don't do that. Um, if you if you're sending me links through Twitter, I gotta say I'm not gonna click on them. Uh, sorry. But you can email me and just tell me what you want. Screen captures, t- quotes, what have you. Give me some good quotes. I can find the stuff on my own. I just, I've seen too many people ruin their computers because everybody wants to ruin their computers. I don't get it. I can't, I need a new computer, but I can't get one right now. I got too much going on. So I've got to make this one stretch. So there you go. That's how it works. But I do read most, almost, I read all of them. The ones about my dad I still haven't been able to respond to. And I'm hoping to be able to... I'm going to go and see... I plan on going to see him for like two days pretty soon to test some equipment to see if I can bring the internet to the place where the internet won't go. And that way I can see him for a lot more, a lot easier. Uh, So we'll have to test that. Trying two different things to see. Hopefully one of them works and it isn't going to break the bank but i think i think one of them could work one of them streamed movies once so theoretically audio should be able to to, i don't know problem is i can't really risk my job doing that so that's kind of the rub anyway uh the winner of the contest this week will be announced at the end of the program as we always do just tease you uh, the contest this week is between Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, and Mark Levin, the great one. Uh, who won? Well, uh, what did they win? That's the more important question. You shall have to wait and find out. I will tell you that uh, a returning champion will be coming on to take on one of these two people. It'll be Mike Huckabee again. A different book this time. So who against what? Against Huckabee? You'll just have to tune in at the end to find out. You can enter to win the contest by going to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Five bucks a month and you get it. I mean, for God's sakes, you're, you're probably going to win something sooner or later. You'll definitely get your money back. And uh, just, I'm just looking at these things. I went to Walmart today with the kids. They made me bracelets, which it's almost like they don't know me. <laughs> 
but I, I bought him a bracelet kit, and the wife sat down and made bracelets with them, letters and beads. They used boy colors for me, and uh, ten years ago, I'd have kicked my own ass. Hell, five years ago, I'd have kicked my own ass if I saw me walking around a Walmart with these bracelets on. But today, I proudly walked around Walmart with these braces on. Just pick up, post a picture of them on those sites at uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and Derek Hunter locals dot com. I'll make them uh, I'll make them public so anybody can see them. So if you just go there and check them out, it's just one of them has the D backwards. It just uh, makes me wonder about my wife's ability to spell the backwards D in one of them. Anyway, let's start the show. There is uh, a lot going on since we last spoke. There was a political assassination in the world over in Japan where they have very strict gun control. Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister, was assassinated. We don't really know why yet as of, of this moment. It was apparently a homemade gun or some... It's a very weird-looking contraption that the assassin had in his hands. And it's like, what? It's like a two-handed mini shotgun kind of thing. It's. I've heard reports that it was taped together. The, the Navy veteran with a homemade gun. And it goes to show you that people who are intent to do evil will find a way to do evil. It just is. It's the people who are intent on doing evil will find a way to do it. They're not going to let oh, no stinking laws stand in their way. Oh, no, we've got to ban... The law-abiding will always obey the law. That's, by very definition, they're law-abiding. Evil doesn't. Evil isn't interested. Evil does what evil does. It will take the path... It's like water. It'll take the path of least resistance. And it's that simple. It's an illegal gun where you can buy them, you can steal them. Or if you can't, you just make them. Just make them. Whatever the case is, they will find a way. Now, I want to just demonstrate how the assassination of Shinzo Abe is being covered, though. Because Shinzo Abe was a conservative. Shinzo Abe had a... uh, a good relationship with Donald Trump and the media hates him for that but he also is a fan of the United States of America and the media hates him for that as well when he was assassinated NPR your tax dollars at work had originally put out their story this morning 6 uh, Friday morning 6.46 a.m. and they said quote Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, a divisive arch-conservative and one of his nation's most powerful and influential leaders, has died after being shot during a campaign speech Friday in Western Japan, hospital officials said. I don't understand why they don't... uh, They don't... Occasionally they call it an assassination, but it's an assassination. It was assassinated. Okay, he was assassinated. I have some CBS audio I want to play for you in a second, but they don't. They just he died. Like no, he didn't. He didn't have a stroke. He didn't have a heart attack. He didn't. It just wasn't his time. He wasn't hit by a car. He didn't die. 
He's assassinated. Somebody walked up to him and shot him in the back, in the heart. Call it what it is. You've got a media that bends itself into a freaking pretzel every 20 seconds to make sure that they that people are calling January 6th an insurrection or a coup. You get your choice. It's a buffet of two things. It's an either an insurrection or a coup. And that's all I want to hear out of you. You can't call it a protest. If you call it a protest, you're downplaying it and you're somehow worse than Hitler. But you got to call it an insurrection or a coup and the greatest threat to democracy and all that. They use all of this in, in this language. They're very precise about that. But somebody they don't like gets assassinated, probably, frankly, by somebody they do like. But that's beside the point. Or somebody they would like had they known and existed. But they, somebody they don't like gets assassinated and they're like, well, he died. He died. He died after being shot. Well, that's, uh, that's a long way of saying he was assassinated. Now, you would think my writing class that I took, it was, uh, it was the most useful Writing class, I'd ever, well, really, I guess I took creative writing in college. But when I got to the Heritage Foundation, they offered these internal classes. And it was this class called uh, 753, I think it was, or maybe it was 975. I think it was 975. And the, the gist of it was anything you can say in nine words, you can say in seven words, and anything you can say in seven words, you can say in five words. It was basically that brevity is the soul of wit, that you many people and I do it all the time verbally everybody does it verbally I suppose where you um, use far more words than are necessary whereas in writing when you have a chance to look at it when it's written down in front of you you can go all right well here's a better way to say it this is part of the reason why I can't stand to edit my own pieces because you sit there and you constantly think of better ways to say you'd never I'd never finish a piece because you always find a better way to say it but what NPR is doing here is not practicing 975. They're throwing in a whole bunch of words, tossing a word salad. He has died after being shot during a campaign speech. He was assassinated. Friday. They, that, would, that would do it. But they don't like him. So they throw in the, a divisive arch-conservative. He just died. He was just killed. He was just murdered. And there's a divisive arch-conservative. And so what did they do? They caught a bunch of hell on social media over this. And they said, wait a second, wait a second. This is, uh, this is tasteless. What is, his, he was just assassinated. Why don't we just make the story about that? You can't call a guy a divisive arch-conservative. I know we hate conservatives here at NPR, taxpayer-funded NPR. So they deleted that tweet. And they came back for a second bite at the apple. And they bit their tongue again. Because their second bite of the apple is this. It's almost exactly the same. Shinzo Abe, the former Japanese prime minister and ultra-nationalist, was killed at a campaign rally on Friday. Police tackled the man uh, and tackled and arrested the suspected gunman at the scene of an attack that shocked many in Japan. Are there others in Japan who are like, yeah, I know, this seems like a normal day. Shocked many in Japan? What is many? At least 20% of the Japanese people are, are shocked by this. But he's ultra-nationalist. Nationalism is bad. You're not allowed to, according to the left, you're not allowed to love your country anymore. That's wrong, especially a racist, homophobic, um, transphobic country like the United States. But it goes for all countries. You're not allowed to really like... The left likes people 
who hate this country, and they can forgive if they like their own country a little bit. But uh, they uh, they prefer people who hate this country and also hate their country. That's the kind of loyalty that Democrats face. But what did NPR, your tax dollars at work, do and say about, well, let's just say um, the death of someone who is truly a despot, a murderer, mass murderer, like Fidel Castro. Well, there's just a quote from one of their pieces about Fidel Castro's death. Quote, one of the most prominent international figures of the last half of the 20th century, Castro inspired both passionate love and hate. Many who later lost faith in him can remember how they once admired the man who needed just a dozen men to launch the Cuban Revolution. Wow. That's, that's actually necrophilia, if you want to be technical. If you want to be uh, honest about it, that's necrophilia. The things that they're doing to Castro. That's still up, by the way. That's still up. The story, the uh, obituary, former Cuban leader Fidel Castro dies at age 90. November 26, 2016. A good day for the entire human race and a pretty good day in hell, too, because they got a prominent red. Not every day a prominent resident shows up. But this is how the liberal media works. You are their friend or their enemy. or their, You can't be their 99% friend. You have to be their 100% enemy if you are not their 100% ally. As such, this one just stuck in my craw. I want to play for you the CBS News report Friday morning on the death of the murder of the assassination of Shinzo Abe. They, uh, they're not super fans. Not super fans whatsoever. Polarizing figure. Right-wing nationalist. Conservative. Political opinions were controversial. These are all things that you'll hear in this report of a guy who was just assassinated. Just assassinated. All because... They don't like his politics, and he, as they say in the report, met too many times, basically, with Donald Trump. Abe was Japan's longest-serving prime minister when he left office in 2020 due to ill health. A polarizing figure, he was a right-wing nationalist and conservative and a fierce supporter of Japan's military. He fought to amend the country's pacifist constitution in the face of the rising threat from China. While in office, Abe met former President Donald Trump several times to reaffirm Japan's military and trade alliances with the United States. His political opinions were controversial, but the country is united in shock and sympathy at the news of his death. <laughs> at the news of his death. Uh, his death at what, like age 92 of natural causes? Why would they be shocked at that? They'd be shocked because he was assassinated. They should be shocked because he was assassinated, but they don't... Across the screen, they did say, oh, assassination. It said former uh, Japan prime minister assassinated. But you didn't hear it in the report. You didn't hear it in the report. He just died. Dude just died. Choked. Choked on a ham sandwich like Mama Cass. 
Horrible tragedy, one of those things, you know, it's just the way the world works. By the way, I don't think Mama Cass actually choked to death on a ham sandwich. I think that's just one of those rumors, but I'm using it to illustrate a point. And you sit there and you recognize and you realize this is how the left operates around the world constantly. And you can go back, just find some left-wing friend of yours who, I don't know, some committed Democrat, some committed leftist, and just casually drop in a mention of Ronald Reagan. And you'll watch them clench up. You'll watch them clench up and freak out. Oh, God, no. And if they can't control themselves, they will then go off about how awful, how horrible, how despotic and monstrous Ronald Reagan. They can't cite specific... Oh, you, he let people die of AIDS. He didn't let people die of AIDS. Well, he didn't spend enough... He spent money on AIDS. What are you supposed to do? Um, just throw billions of dollars towards something nobody had identified at the time? It had barely been identified? Like, as the uh, investigation, as the research proceeded, more money flowed to AIDS research. It was not... Well, to hell with them gays. That's the way the media portrays it. But, you know, hey, we've discovered a new virus. Why aren't you dumping trucks of money on a, on research? Because we don't know anything about it. We've got, here's some money. Go find something. And when you find something to research, we'll have more. We'll have more. The left is always, always that way. They love America's enemies. It's not by accident. It's on purpose. It's a choice. You remember when uh, <sighs> was it uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi? He was the leader of ISIS. Remember him? Donald Trump killed him. Good day in the world, you would think. The Washington Post originally, you can't make this stuff up, they referred to him in their headline as a uh, austere religious scholar he's a terrorist he's a terrorist he's a, he's a murdering thug who killed everybody in their headline originally for his obituary for the news story announcing to the world that he was dead is the washington post going abu Bakr al-baghdadi austere religious scholar at helm of islamic state dies at 48 he just dies at 48 just this dude is just mine he's a lover he's a lover not a fighter yeah, he was a lover. He loved sending other people to their deaths. He loved arming them to the teeth, strapping explosives to them, and sending them into public squares. He loved that. He loved shooting, having people shot who were sleeping, minding their own business, whatever. It didn't matter. It's just an austere religious scholar. Hmm. But Shinzo Abe, arch-conservative, divisive arch-conservative, divisive. This is, these people hate you. I just want to stress that. You know, these people absolutely hate you. Maybe you should return the favor. By the way, about uh, 12 hours after, well, I guess it was closer to 10 hours after the assassination, Joe Biden was finally woken up and issued a statement. Actually, he wasn't woken up. It was probably a statement issued while he was still asleep. I think I think Joe Biden has to be put into a deep, deep, like coma-like sleep with medication in order to get through the night. 
So uh, since he's not really running the show, it doesn't really matter. But it was noticed that pretty much everybody in the world had commented on the assassination of Shinzo Abe, except for Joe Biden. Even Anthony Blinken, the robotic... God, is there a more robotic human being? It always sounds like the batteries are going on him. Uh, Secretary of State got before a camera and issued a semi-human statement. But finally, Joe Biden wakes up at around nine, uh, quarter after nine, and issues the following statement. Quote, I am stunned and outraged and deeply saddened by the news that my friend, uh, former Prime Minister of Japan, was shot and killed while campaigning. This is a tragedy for Japan and for all who knew him. I had the privilege to work closely with Prime Minister Abe. As Vice President, I visited him in Tokyo and welcomed him to Washington. He was a champion of the alliance between our nations and the friendship between our people. The longest-serving Japanese Prime Minister, his vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific will endure. Above all, he cared deeply about the Japanese people and dedicated his life to their service. Even at the moment he was attacked, he was engaging in the work of democracy. While there are many details that we do not yet know, we know that violent attacks like this are never acceptable, and that gun violence always leaves a deep scar on the communities that are affected by it. The United States stands with Japan in this moment of grief. I send my deepest condolences to his family." End quote. Got to throw in a little bit there, a little bit of chunk of meat, well, chunk of tofu, to the uh, gun control loons in his party. And he is directly from the Barack Obama School of Mourning, where you make your statement on the passing of someone almost entirely about you. I worked with him. I did this. I did he didn't do anything. You were sent to, to greet him at the Capitol because you presided over the Senate as vice president. It's not it, it's not a hero, dude. You're not a hero. But then in Joe Biden's own story, he is the hero. Somebody's got to love him. It might as well be him. Nobody else could love him as much. Well, Joe Biden can uh, only love him. Well, nobody can love himself like Joe Biden loves himself. Nobody can also get things as wrong as Joe Biden does. And what's amazing to me is how the his his protectors in the media, the pretzels that they bend themselves into in order to protect this guy from himself. Just you just call a liar a liar. It's all it's it's simple. Look, he, he lied. He lied. If you knowingly tell a mistruth, it's a lie. It's not you go, oh I got that detail wrong. Especially if it's about your own life. You're lying. There's a fact check in the Washington Post. Glenn Kessler is the fact checker of the Washington Post. He's the official fact checker of the world. He really, uh, on occasion, will find something to say, well, Joe Biden was perhaps a little bit less than honest and they're less than accurate. In there. But they always go after Republicans. Everything, nonstop. Well, these Republicans are lying. He's lying. Here's, here's 15. Here's a truckload of Pinocchios. I have a, a sack of Pinocchios for you. Well, he fact-checked the president of the United States finally. Not about any of his claims about, say, uh, inflation being worse everywhere else around the world. No, not going to fact-check that. that they, if, if, if inflation does, in fact, become worse everywhere else around the world rather than the four nations that it's industrialized nations where it's worse, 
currently. And that's it. And the dozens and dozens of uh, other countries where it's actually better because they don't have Joe Biden as president. If those other countries do lap the United States, then I expect Glenn Kessler to go, all right, now now it's safe to fact check. And they'll say, well, Joe Biden was just ahead of the curve before. But uh, this one, they, they picked the most insignificant things to fact check. Joe Biden's running around saying, we've solved the baby formula crisis. We've solved this. We've solved that. We've got this. The economy is robust and booming. We've, we've uh, never had, had it so good. Uh, Putin's price hike. It's all Putin's fault for inflation and gas and everything. And they let that stuff slide. Instead, they fact-checked this. This, uh, quote, this is a quote from Joe Biden in uh, Madrid on June 30th. Quote, and I have written way back a number of law review articles about the Ninth Amendment and the and the Fourteenth Amendment and why that privacy is considered as a part of a constitutional guarantee. And the they've just wiped it all out, whining about the Supreme Court. You can tell they, they actually this is if you ever read a quote from Joe Biden that goes, Well, that went smoothly, that flowed. It's been edited. That's exactly how Joe Biden speaks right there. You're sitting there going, what the hell's wrong with you, Derek? Are you drunk already? That's beside the point. That's an accurate depiction of the president's speech. So then the fact check comes along. Quote uh, from the uh, fact check from Glenn Kessler. The president has been a fierce critic of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, the Supreme Court decision that overturned a right to abortion established in the by the court in Roe v. Wade nearly half a century ago. It's not what it did. Uh, but anyway, it, uh, it returned it to the states. Doesn't matter. The fact You can't expect a fact checker to be accurate. He's a liberal. He's got to tell the liberal line. During a recent news conference, he said that he had written, quote, a number of law review articles, end quote, and uh, that two amendments to the U.S. Constitution had established a right to privacy that was critical to the reasoning in the Roe opinion. We have documented, this is where it gets really, you almost feel bad for Glenn Kessler. You think maybe they've got like a family member of his, that they are uh, threatening with physical violence. And so they're like, all right, I will say whatever you want to say. I have to say whatever it is. Please don't hurt the family dog. It's the only, either that or he's just incredibly hacky. Like beyond hacky. Says, quote, we have documented before, or as we have documented before, the president has a tendency to sometimes embellish the factual record about his past. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read that again because George Orwell is pounding on the inside of his coffin going, what in the hell are you people doing to this language? My book was a warning, it was not a how-to guide. Quote, as we have documented before, the president has a tendency to sometimes embellish the factual record about his past. Earlier this year, he said he was arrested during civil rights protests when there is no evidence that ever happened. That's just, that's not an embellishment. 
It's not an embellishment. It's uh, I caught a 20-pound bass when you caught a 12-pound bass. That's an embellishment. Uh, the fact that he, he said publicly he did not participate in the civil rights movement, and then he, when it suits his needs, when he's talking to a predominantly black audience, says, oh, yeah, there was no bigger champion of civil rights. Uh, boy, howdy, I was arrested fighting for civil... No, you weren't, Joe. No, you weren't. You lived in Delaware, which you proudly declared to be a slave state in 2008. You proudly declared it it was a slave state. You were in favor of segregated schools when you were first elected to the United States Senate because that was kind of the official position of the Democrat Party. You bragged even when you were running for president in 2020 about how you were friends with your fellow segregationist Democrats because you were the young kid in the club. Oh, they were so nice to you. They were super nice to you. Because you were white, Joe. Because you were white. Your hair, which you had left of it back then, hadn't yet turned white, but your skin was. Anyway, and then he says, he claimed... Uh, he also claimed he was arrested for trying to see Nelson Mandela, but that was false. Now, these are described as sometimes embellish the factual record about his past. Now, if I'm sitting here trying to remember something that I learned in history class years ago about uh, the Middle Ages or whatever, and I fudge some numbers or get some dates wrong, or maybe it wasn't this one, it was that person or whatever. That is making some factual errors. It's not deliberate to the best of my ability and to the best of anybody's ability they're doing. They're recalling what they can. When it's your own freaking life, you remember if you've been arrested. You don't forget that you've been arrested. You don't forget that you've been arrested in a foreign country. By the way, these are not lies that Joe Biden has just kind of slipped like, oh yeah, no, 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 I, uh, I got arrested uh, protesting the civil rights movement and while he's on record saying, I didn't get involved in civil rights to a white audience. Tells you he thinks white people are racist and he thinks black people need to be pandered to. There's no record of any of it that he was ever arrested, that he ever participated in any way, shape, or form in even a march, let alone something where he would have been arrested. But that's beside the point. The fact is the media glosses over it. Oh, he's just misremembering. You don't misremember. I grew up, and I know what high school I went to. I don't wake up and go, did I go to uh, Beverly Hills High with uh, the gang from 90210? And if I gave a speech, I said, boy, howdy, when I was uh, cruising around with Brandon Walsh and Dylan McKay trying to pick up Steve Sanders, it was a good time because I was dating Kelly at the time. It was awesome. That's not embellishing my childhood. That is straight out BS. That is straight up lying. But when Joe Biden does it, the Democratic media goes, well, yeah, yeah, that's just how, that's just Joe being Joe. It's amazing how Donald Trump had every word, every tweet, anything he uttered in a press release, anything it was, fact-checked, scrutinized. They went to the Latin root of the words to find, oh, they lie, committed 30,000 plus lies, according to the Washington Post. All these lies by Donald Trump. It's just horrible. He lied, 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 lied. And then you read them and you're like, 
Wait, that's that's not a lie. That's not a lie. That's that's an embellishment. That's a whatever. They let him slide on nothing. They they accused him of semantical lies. It's amazing how deep they got into it. And then when Donald Trump left office, the uh, Washington Post announced famously that they are ending the practice of parsing every word the president says because Joe Biden just simply doesn't do it. And you're like, what in the hell? How do you figure that? And you can't figure it except for in political bias, period, end of story. But here, let's see, I'm pulling up the database. In four years, President Trump made 30,573 false or misleading claims. False or misleading claims. <laughs> so here's, here's one. This is an example. I got it. I didn't have to go very far. This is from January 20th, 2021, his last day in office. Quote, our first lady has been a woman of great grace and beauty and dignity and is so popular with the people, so popular with the people. They fact-checked that and declared that a lie and counted that as a lie in their database. Their fact-check reads, quote, in reality, Melania Trump leaves the White House with the worst popularity rating um, for any first lady at the end of her term in polling history. The latest CNN SSRS poll had Trump's favorable ratings at 42% to a 47% unfavorable rating. CNN reporting, quote, the 47% is the highest unfavorable rating we've ever recorded for Trump. It's also amazingly high for his, from a historical perspective. <laughs> well, Okay. They're going to fact check that and declare, well, we got a poll from CNN says she's unpopular. A guy saying nice things about his wife. Donald Trump lie saying nice things about his wife. Inaccuracies saying nice things about his wife. Joe Biden lie putting him on the grassy knoll or in the school book depository trying to wrestle the rifle away from Lee Harvey Oswald to save JFK's life. It's a little bit different. He's the hero in all his lies. It's not, you know... Oh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I I kissed seven girls in high school, and he really only kissed five. He just misremembered or made, tried to make himself seem cool. No. It's straight up, I was arrested trying to, I insisted on seeing Nelson Mandela and Robben Island. And uh, so you flew 3,000 miles away to the wrong coast of South Africa. That's where you entered the country. There's no record of your arrest. Nobody else on the trip remembers your arrest. And he didn't visit Nelson Mandela. But other than that, dude, primo story. You're arrested during the civil rights movement. Your participation in the civil rights movement, old man, was letting young black kids pet your leg hair in the water. A fetish you still seem to like. It's a really creepy thing. And maybe throwing down almost with corn pop because you referred to him as a, a female swimmer. But the Washington Post gives him a pass. They gave him two Pinocchios. Two Pino they admit that his story, that he, because they look into it, they said, well, did they couldn't find any law review articles that Joe Biden wrote about the Ninth or the 14th Amendment or privacy. None. Zero. A donut. Now, 
Joe Biden's quote, it says, I have written way back a number of law review articles, a number of law review articles. That's his word. That's his direct quote. They found zero, zero of them. They did find one op-ed, <laughs> one op-ed. They say, uh, the op-ed focuses on the Ninth Amendment, which simply states, quote, the enumeration, blah, 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 reads the Ninth Amendment. It's from a Philadelphia Inquirer from 1991. I don't know how law review articles work. Um, I think they're mostly written by people who are currently practicing law and or are in law school. Uh, but that's beside the point. In 1991, Joe Biden had been in the United States Senate for 19 years. And it's an op-ed in the Philadelphia Inquirer. In order to get published in a law review, you have to be, uh, it's rigorously edited, to say the least. You have to be able to back up your claims and it has to be able to stand up to scrutiny. Op-eds, different, especially from a sitting United States senator who'd just run for president a few years earlier, is you know, flamed out historically bad, but still, they don't get fact-checked like that because it's an opinion. A law review article is research. It's a difference, a big difference. But still, at the end of it, the Pinocchio test said, Biden can fairly claim to have written an op-ed for a newspaper about the Ninth Amendment and the right to privacy that he believes is part of it. He can also claim to have engaged in long discussions with justices now on the court about the rights embodied in the Ninth and Fourteenth Amendments. He certainly has a deep understanding of these issues from his long service on the Senate Judiciary Committee. So when you think of Joe Biden, do you think there's a good dude with deep understanding of anything? But the president states he had written, quote, a number of law review articles, end quote, about the amendments. That's gilding the lily. And a president must remain accurate about his achievements. He earns two Pinocchios. It's not gilding the lily. If you are actually actively providing false information about your own freaking life. It's a lie. It is a lie. It is a total and unequivocal lie. You know it's a lie. You're one of the few people who can just know instinctively without having to do research. But the Washington Post goes, well, look, we couldn't find anything. So we could give you four Pinocchios for being full of BS, but we'll only give you two because you're a Democrat. And now we can go back to microscopically fact-checking all Republican statements uh, having said that we uh, we are fair and balanced and we fact check the president of the United States. What a load of crap. I just, I can't, you watch these people, it's the double standards. I don't care, if you want to nitpick a president, I'm not here to go, well, Donald Trump was treated unfairly by the press if Donald Trump were treated the same way, if Joe Biden were treated the same way. That's what, it's, oh, you can't question him, you can't, no, that's not it. It's, you can question him. It's, please question all of them. For the love of God, please question all of them. They don't question any of them except for the Republicans. That's the problem. You give Joe Biden, a, oh, here's two Pinocchios. Meanwhile, let me see, let me just pick another random supposed lie. Uh, let's see, January, these are right up to the last second when he was leaving office. Let's see. 
We got it so that we sadly get rid of people that don't treat our vets properly. We had, we had, we didn't have any of those rights before I came in. I don't know what the hell that is. That's the fact check. He's talking about the ability, the reforms of the VA, which were wildly uh, abusive under Barack Obama. And it says their fact check is the Department of Veteran Affairs Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act of 2017 was an important measure for accountability and whistleblower protection at the VA. But this law builds on firing authority given to the VA through secretary through the Choice and Accountability and Transparency Act of 2014. In response to uh, the 2014 Phoenix VA scandal, Trump frequently claims that before the law, no one could be fired. But the agency fired about 2,000 people a year before the law was enacted. The base rate of firing in the VA before the law was about 220 people a month. And under, the tr under Trump, it had increased to about 290 people a month. They gave that statement from Trump three Pinocchios. Three Pinocchios. Three Pinocchios for that and oh yeah i wrote uh, all kinds of stuff and boy how do you couldn't shut me up about abortion and this that and the other thing before that gets to joe biden pro-life democrat on occasion certainly a devout catholic so he says is two pinocchios for that it's just that kind of garbage drives me nuts and that's why i had to point it out have you guys noticed this? Uh, talking about uh, a lot of stories about environmentalist lunatics out there. Have you noticed this latest trend of these people gluing themselves to things? I don't know. They get the, the model glue or crazy. I don't know what they use. They use the super gummy glue and they put their hands on a countertop or they put their hands on a road. And now they're putting their hands on priceless works of art on the frame so far, but don't be surprised if some of them start touching the painting themselves. The uh, UK Daily Mail has the story. Just Stop Oil damaged Constable's masterpiece, The Hay Wayne, in the latest stunt, as Mail Online can reveal that one of the echo vandals arrested at the National Gallery is a hypocrite yachtswoman who has racked up tens of thousands of carbon-belching air miles traveling the globe while lecturing on climate change. Huh? A hypocrite? Brighton student Hannah Hunt, 23, and Eben Lazarus, 22, were held after sticking large sheets of paper over the 200-year-old painting's Suffolk landscape, replacing it with a scene of scorched trees, polluted skies, and discarded household waste, and then gluing their hands to the frame. Hunt and Lazarus lectured the public on fossil fuels being a death project and warning of the total collapse of society yesterday, but Miss Hunt previously admitted she impulsively flew to the Canaries uh, to escape the chilly British weather environment it must be saved it's like john Kerry, but uh, younger and not so much like a horse look looking like a horse a spokesman for the national gallery confirmed that the painting had been damaged and said quote police attended and removed the protesters around 4:40, where that when they were arrested the painting was removed from the wall to be examined by our conservation team 
The Hay Wayne suffered minor damage to its frame, and there are also some disruptions to the surface of the varnish of the painting, both of which have now been successfully dealt with. End quote. The paint, now, the painting doesn't matter. I'm looking at these people. This is at least a third group of people. It's usually a couple that has gone into a museum and glued themselves to something. And they're gluing themselves to freeways across the country. See, there's a, a guy, uh, I can't remember, it, it didn't say where it was. I think it might have been Portland. But a guy was trying to get to work. And he ha- he's on parole. So he's got to go to work. You don't, you, don't, you don't mess with parole or probation or whatever it was. He had to get to work. And these idiot environmentalists had done their Red Rover game on the freeway where they're sitting down and blocking traffic. Now, if this guy doesn't go to work, there's a good chance that he's going to go back to jail. He doesn't want to go back to jail. Most people don't want to go back to jail. So he's up there yelling at them, pleading with them, let him by, give us one lane. I've got to get to work. I'm going to go back to jail. And they were telling him, no, they're not interested. They don't care about human beings. They don't give a damn about human beings. So he ends up trying to pull them out of there. He's getting mad. He's getting worked up. He's getting worried that he's going to go back to jail. Well, of course, the police came. And police, you know, I have a lot of respect for police, but it's getting harder and harder and harder to have a lot of respect for police. In certain circumstances, it just is. It's getting harder and harder to have a lot of respect for police when they show up and they arrest this guy. The environmentalists somehow, uh, the, when you're following orders, and you're well, the prosecutor, the district attorney, the chief, whatever, they say, don't arrest the protesters blocking the street, which is a crime, which is dangerous too. But uh, don't arrest them. But the people who grab these morons and try to drag them off to the side of the road so they can get by, those people get arrested for assault. Those people are the problem. They're not the problem. You know, it wouldn't be, you should be able to, uh, should I say, I think everybody knows what the hell I'm saying, to be honest with you. Somebody's going to glue themselves to the road, rip them off, rip them off. Somebody's going to glue themselves to a painting. We should make special cases in the law. Now, this is going to get me into trouble, but I don't care. Let's make special cases in the law. Remove their hands from the painting frame take them out, glue them down to something else. Glue them to a bike rack, a big, long, heavy metal bike rack. Glue them good to it and leave them there. Something a machete wouldn't fix. That's heartless, Derek. I know, but still. You watch these idiots. The guy got arrested because they were blocking his way to work. And he got arrested for him trying to get to work. But they deem themselves to be more important. What's worse is the law enforcement agencies, be it the prosecutor and or the police, have deemed them to be more important too. They're more important than you. They have a right to protest. You do have a right to protest, but you don't have a right to disrupt other people. The right of the people to peaceably assemble. Remember when that idiot Chris Cuomo said, show me in the Constitution where it says these people have to be peaceful. It's right there. It's right there in the plain language of the First Amendment. Peaceably assemble. You see, that's that's what that means. You don't even have to go, what were they writing about back in the 18th century? What did that mean? 
No, it's the same thing. Liberals haven't changed. Well, actually, liberals have kind of changed that because you can burn down buildings and loot and beat the hell out of people and throw Molotov cocktails at police and still be declared to be peaceful. So maybe they have changed things. Maybe you throw them a couple Molotov cocktails at these morons and say, hey, I was just following uh, CNN's lead. See how that goes over. What's most annoying is the environmentalist nutjobs that all said, oh, we didn't want the guy to be arrested. We'll uh, we'll definitely support him in testifying that uh, he shouldn't be arrested. It doesn't matter. The damage is done. He's been arrested. Okay? You people don't care about other human beings, then leave the population. But honestly, my instinct is a violent one when it comes to this. And it's not, you know, I'm not quick to violence. But it is a violent one when it comes to this because you reach that point where you're just dealing with somebody there is no dealing with. There is no conversation with. There is no debate. There is no rationalization. There's nothing. These people believe they are not messengers of God. They believe they are gods or they are protecting God, the planet. And those people, you glue them, glue them to some swing sets, glue them to some brick walls, glue them to, uh, I don't know, some putting greens out there, some drive, uh, some driving ranges, and let people launch balls at them. You want to you get attention? You want to be heard? We'll hear you, all right? But you don't get to disrupt people's lives like this. You should not be allowed to. You should be punished severely for it. And you want to keep people out of prison? Okay, we'll keep people out of prison. We'll glue you to this fence. And anybody who wants to for the next 24 hours can come over and punch you in the face. How's that? Is that fair? <gasps> you can't say it. I'm being... Uh, I'm exaggerating. I'm, I'm engaging in Joe Bidenisms. I am uh, embellishing. I'm gilding the lily a little bit, if you will. But you look at these people and you think... I, rip their hands off of them not off their physical body but off this painting rough them up accidentally spill their tub of glue on their hair and see how that works these idiots these spoiled rich kids and that's what they are spoiled rich liberals and there's all sorts of pictures of this chick living the life oh she's yachting oh she's flown off to here she's flown off to there these are the only people who can do this. They're not doing it for any noble cause. They're doing it because their lives are empty. They're vacant. They have nothing to bring to society. Well, let them be vacant. I just look at these people and I think, disgusting and I wish, wish, wish them really, really bad things. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, which is, not at all, because it's not possible for me to be nice to these morons. I want to uh, talk a little bit about the, the story from the, the Daily Caller. They've uh, got the exclusive there. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection has proposed two charges against the Border Patrol agents involved in the alleged whipping of uh, migrants in Del Rio, Texas, according to documents obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Whipping, whipping. Now, no human beings was whipped, were whipped. They've admitted that. They've investigated and discovered that uh, your lying eyes were not lying to you, that no human beings were whipped in this at all, was not whipping. 
They were loose reins, western reins. That is the type of reins that people use when they ride in this situation in close quarters to have good control over the horses. Nobody was trampled. Nobody was run into by a horse. Nothing. The sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal alien was not harmed in any way, shape, or form, except maybe in their fragile little psyches as they tried to sneak into the country. As they actually effectively snuck into the country. They, they, they're all here. All these people are here. I think part of the reason that the Biden administration has decided that they can't press criminal charges against these Border Patrol agents is because it would require the cooperation of these illegal aliens who the Democrats clearly favor over Americans. And they have no freaking clue where they are. The aliens are going, what the hell are you talking about? They were riding horses. We're Just let us into the country and we'll disappear. You'll never see us again. And in order to prosecute him, they would need some sort of witness to go up there on the stand and lie. And am I saying that that the Biden administration would suborn perjury? How? Yeah, I am. I wouldn't put anything past these people, to be honest with you. They are putting, at an alarming rate, their political opponents in jail. So would I think that they would lie to do that, continue that? Of course they would. They're Democrats. First, uh, now they can't be charged with a crime because they didn't they didn't actually whip anybody and there's nobody saying they did. So even if they had an alien there, they they can't find him. So they've got to charge him with something because Joe Biden did what? Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and uh, Ginger Goebbels at the time and everybody went down to their respective podiums and their microphones and they said this outrage shall not stand. This is a disgusting display. This is just like slavery, Maxine Waters said. Just like slavery. I don't know if Maxine, Auntie Maxine, is all that up on her American history or even her history of slavery. But allow me to educate her just a bit. There were not black people rushing to partake in the institution of slavery as a victim. That was not what's going on. There were not people sneaking on boats in Africa, coming to the United States, and then trying to break into a South Carolina plantation so that they might be oppressed. So it's a little bit different from the institution of slavery, Auntie Maxine. I understand that you are not used to facts. You are not used to reality. In your mind, you think you're a good person, for example. So if you want to know how far gone she is, that far gone. It can't get much more uh, gone than that. The story continues. The first charge, now these are what they're being accused of administratively to impact their careers. The first charge is for, quote, poor judgment for instructing non-citizens to, quote, go back to Mexico or words to that effect, end quote. Words to that effect. Don't you love that? You can't say go back to Mexico. It's your job to stop people from coming into the country illegally, but you can't say no, no, no. You can't tell these people. No, these are these are not only just as good. They're better than you. They're better than you are, these sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens. You can't try to keep them out. If you see somebody struggling with a backpack full of fentanyl, it is your moral obligation to try to physically help them carry that burden, right? Hey, brother, I can help you. That's what they want. That's the Democratic Party way. Uh, while the second is for unsafe conduct, for maneuvering the agent's horse, quote, 
in a way that caused a non-citizen to fall backward into the Rio Grande River, thereby compromising the safety of the non-citizen, yourself, and your horse. See, this is the responsibility. It is your fault that these uh, illegal aliens come piling across the border and running to get away from you as they come across the border. Uh, it's your fault. You should have just gotten out of their way. What are you, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing your job like a jackass? Honest to God, for falling backwards into water. For falling backwards into water they were coming out of. So it's not like you ruined my hair. Oh my God, my clothes were, were perfectly fine. And now that this terry cloth has absorbed so much of the Rio Grande and it doesn't fit right anymore. No, they'd already run across that river. These proposals are not final yet, and the CPB is expected to announce the results of its investigation into the agents as soon as Friday, according to people familiar with the matter, not authorized to speak publicly. It's unclear how many agents will be charged. Quote, you knew or should have known that using your horse to block a non-citizen from exiting the water at the boat ramp created an unsafe situation, particularly for the non-citizen, but also for you and your horse, the charges read. We consider that your misconduct received significant media attention and had a negative impact on the reputation of the agency. The agency not doing their job has a pretty negative impact on them. The president of the United States being president of the United States, pretty negative impact on the entirety of the country. These people are beyond belief. They're doing this because Joe Biden came out and pronounced them guilty, and there was no evidence to do that. So they go, well, we can get them on administrative things. We can't possibly, couldn't possibly, and won't dare say that they didn't do anything wrong because Joe Biden, in a fit of senility, declared them to be history's greatest monsters. I do hope they sue the ever-loving crap out of this administration. Joe Biden personally, Kamala Harris personally, Ginger Goebbels personally. Might not go anywhere, but it might cost them some money to do it. These people, these people have to face consequences for their actions at some point, don't they? Not just electorally. Something has to rein them in. They're proud of this. They think they're doing a great thing. They think they're wonderful people. They are bad people, they are evil people, they are corrupt people, and they are damaging, really, people just doing their jobs. They're damaging their lives and their careers and their livelihoods to cover up for their own incompetence. Go to hell. That'd be my excuse. Go to hell. Or my response. Go to hell. Before we run out of time here, I want you to just uh, play you two clips, two days apart that illustrate how the uh, the alphabet mafia works. Oh, yes, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ gang out there. They are uh, something to behold. Macy Gray, if you remember Macy Gray, I think it was the 90s. She had uh, that, uh, one song, Try to Say Goodbye and I Choke, Try to Walk Away. I can't even remember what the song is called. doesn't matter what it's called. But she had a hit, and she's been, I guess she maybe had some minor hits after that, but nothing like that one. And so she's been kind of dining out on that. She's got a new album coming out. She's going around doing publicity for it, and she sat down with Piers Morgan. 
And, of course, if you're a musician, you probably shouldn't want to sit down with Piers Morgan unless you're a left-winger on everything. Uh, because, And then he'll probably just want to argue with you, so you probably it's not going to be advantageous for you to sit down with him. But the idea of trans women came up, and Macy Gray said the following. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. All right. Pretty unambiguous. It gives her a, a kind of a, an out there. You feel that. Like, you can just say, well, this is my feeling and my thoughts. Maybe it'll lessen it. But no, no, no. I know that for a fact. Now, there's not a lot of wiggle room in something you know for a fact, right? Not a lot of wiggle room. Well... After that, the left went absolutely uh, crazy over this. Macy Gray, transphobe, Macy Gray. Macy Gray defended herself on uh, Instagram once with a post about she's not going to be bullied, she's not going to be intimidated. J.K. Rowling, who has been on the receiving end of the left-wing mob on this very issue, came out and said on Twitter, I guess I'm going to have to go and buy the entire Macy Gray catalog now. Because, yeah. And it like, great. Macy Gray was making sales. Macy Gray like standing up for herself, very proud. And then somebody got to her. Somebody got to her because Friday morning she appeared on uh, Hoda Kotb, Hoda Kotb and Jenna Bush, the the third hour or fourth hour, whatever the hell it is of the Today Show. I want you to listen to this. It's a long clip, but it is. It is like a hostage video. It is browbeating in its implications as far as Hoda's introduction. You can tell like somebody's just off camera threatening somebody Macy Gray loves. When you don't want to, you need to say what we agreed you're going to say, or the uh, your your dog gets it or something. It is uh, the exact op. She she is. Tr- it's like a communist loyalty pledge. She's forced to to read here. We're back with Grammy-winning singer Macy Gray. She came onto the music scene more than two decades ago, and now Macy's getting ready to drop her latest album. It is called The Reset. She is going to be performing one of the songs off that album in just a few minutes. Macy, yeah. uh, it's good to see you. Um, I have actually feel like I've seen a lot of you in the past few days recently. Yeah. You were on the Piers Morgan show, and there was a question about trans women. Mm-hmm. And this was what you said in part. As a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. If you want me to call you a her, I will, because that's what you want. But that doesn't make you a woman. Just because I call you a her, just because you've got a surgery, you can call yourself whatever you want. There was a wave of of backlash that came as a result. Um, Just tell me where you are right now on that statement. Well, uh, I never, of course, meant to hurt anybody with with, uh, what I said. I'm not... I'm actually a huge, uh, I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself, to, to, to go out in the world and be honest about who you are. And uh, so I think anyone who is uh, in the LGBT community is a hero and, and sets an example for all of us with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I said some things uh, that, that uh, didn't go over well. But um, my intention was never to, to hurt anybody. I feel bad uh, that I did hurt some people. And, and I think it's, it's um, you know, just about education. It's about conversation and, and us getting to a point where we understand each other. And, and, um, and, and that, that only happens with, you know, I've, I've learned a lot through this. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that that was one of the reasons uh, it might have happened. Just it was a, a huge learning experience for me, and and uh, and I, I just have a compassion for for you know what I, I think you 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 can like I said in there you can call yourself what like you you whoever you believe you are, mm -hmm. and and no one can dictate that for you or take that away from you. You know. Yeah. I think life is an education process. The more you sit yeah. with people, the more you talk to people, it changes your perspective. So has, has your perspective changed, do you feel? I've, I've learned so much, and, and I think, um, you know, being a woman is a vibe, and it's something mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very proud of, and it's, it's very precious to me. And, and I, I think that if you, in your heart, feel that that's what you are, then that's what you are, regardless of what anybody says mm -hmm. or thinks. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. So, um but yeah, I've 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 learned a lot, absolutely, right. and I'm glad I did. Well, now I know. Well, thank you for clearing that up because I think people got confused, yeah. and people sometimes you realize that through education, you maybe you do you feel differently about things. <laughs> I think anybody who's in the LGBTQ community, they're heroes. They're all heroes. They're all, they should be. We should sandblast Mount Rushmore and put all gay people up there. I think that's the way to go. And you you live and you learn and you. My God. So have you... Hoda is like the, the Grand Inquisitors, Torquemada up there. So uh, have you learned your lesson? Will you ever again speak ill in any way, shape, or form against anybody in the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ family? Uh, you better not. We'll come get you. We know where you live now. We'll kill you. I swear to God. Just love. Hey, uh, so so have you learned your? Have you have you changed now? Uh, no, being a woman is a vibe. It's just a vibe. And if you say you're a woman, then you're a woman. There you go. There you go. Wow. You know, you to go from. Hey, hey, I have some respect for that person. That's pretty good. There, there's some common sense in this world too. Who the hell do you think? You, I I swear I'll go back on television and I will. Uh, I'll say anything you want. Please don't cancel my record. Please don't do this. Please don't do that. Don't hurt. You're, you're all heroes, all right? I think that they should remake the Avengers with all gay heroes, gay superheroes, where they all the men just had to make out in order to defeat Thanos. That's the way to do it. Come on. God help us. What in the hell is wrong with society? Nobody... Macy Gray doesn't have it. I guess she didn't make enough money from the, the one song to be able to be like, pull a, be a brave, an actual real brave human being like J.K. Rowley. J.K. Rowley's worth billions of dollars. She's going to never have to, she could spend the next rest of her life setting $1,000 bills on fire and never even notice it because of Harry Potter. Macy Gray doesn't want to have to go on a budget. So she's going to, oh, yeah. No, no, you, I, you feel like that song, Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman, that means you're a woman. That means you're a woman. If you're a man and you just say, I feel like a woman, then there you go. You should be in women's prison and you should get everything you want. God help us all. The, the LGBTQ, the alphabet mafia comes for everybody. And they usually win. Not against me. They can't have me. But everybody else. Those mere mortals out there in me. God, I just, what a coward. What a coward. Anyway, that's enough for today. Hope you're having a great, great Monday. Oh, by the way, well, by the way, I better look this back up. The uh, winner of the signed book, they chose Senator Mike Lee, Our Lost Constitution, autographed by the good senator himself. 
The winner is Philip Myers. So congratulations, Philip. You got a message through Patreon from moi. I uh, people usually well, most of the time they respond. Sometimes they don't respond. So I don't think you know a lot of people. It's kind of tough to figure out how to check your Patreon messages. But um, <laughs> I eventually, like by the midweek, I don't hear from you. I dig in my email and and find your email address because when somebody joins Patreon, I get an email notification, and it has their email address. So I save that so that I can go back should they win and not respond. Like usually in a week, but I'm trying to speed that up. I then send them an email directly, and I was thinking. Geez, I wonder if I could start should start emailing people. And I thought, that's like the most annoying. Th- I'm not going to name names, but there's somebody pretty famous who's been on this show a bunch of times. Good, good friend. So I'm not going to name this person. But they recently started one of those subscription web pages where they write and they do video chats and everything. It's not only fans. <laughs> They did one of their their things, and and suddenly I start getting these emails from them, and I was like, "What is this person emailing me about?" And I open up the link, and it's it's like a one of probably five million people like here through constant contact or something like whatever the hell it is. Hey, uh, come subscribe to this website of mine, and I'm like, "What the hell? Why are you? Why am I on your spam list? Like, why am I? How did I? I've emailed with you before, you know, and so." Like, I think of it as a, a violation. Like, just because I've emailed with you doesn't mean I wanted to subscribe to your newsletter. You could offer me the chance to subscribe to your newsletter, but you just dis- subscribed me to your newsletter. And then I have a problem with. And so I sit there and I think, well, I can't be that douchebag if that bothers me. And I, I'm not telling anybody. I'm telling you guys about it now, but I kept it secret for a couple months. And like, I, if it bothers me that somebody else does it, I can't then go, all right, well, then let's do it. So I don't try to email people directly. The platform is the communications device or what have you. But if necessary, I will try to track people down the other way just because I want people to win. But I'm not going to start like emailing everybody going, hey, uh, don't forget about this or hey, click on this or pre-order that or whatever. I just, I don't know. It seems like a violation. Especially because I, I, maybe I just need a hobby. I get really worked up about stupid things anyway. Anyway, enough about that crap. It will be this year, this week's contest. Mark Levin returns, the great one, the Liberty Amendments, autographed versus Mike Huckabee, a simple government. 12 things we really need from Washington and a trillion that we don't autographed by the former governor mike huckabee right there so both autographed books go to patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast look for that post and uh comment on it and that which with with which one you want to win and that is your entry you can go to derek hunter dot dot uh, patreon.com and do or derek hunter dot locals.com sorry uh last week's winner of the autograph book was from the locals page so people really do win I appreciate you listening. I've rambled far too much. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great one.